Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. You go to a formal dinner party. You talk to the person on one side during the starter, the other during the main course. Sometimes the conversation skips along. More often it drags and falters. You enjoy or endure the evening and then you go home. That is, unless you're Robert Hiscox. The founder of the eponymous insurance company told me some years ago that at the end of a dinner party, he turned to the people at either side and offered feedback on how he'd found their conversation. He'd say, I enjoyed hearing your views on the EU, but you might have asked me about mine. Or, it was interesting to learn about how well your child did in his A-levels, but you seemed reluctant to discuss other topics. At the time, I was shocked. How could he be so rude? Mr. Hiscox assured me that conversing at formal dinners is a skill. It's hard to get better at anything if no one tells you where you're going wrong. I protested that there was far too much feedback in the world anyway. Sometimes it was nice to be left alone to muddle through. Two things have made me change my mind. The first is in the years since then I've been to too many dinners and sat next to too many people who were not trying hard enough. The second is the realisation that although there is too much useless general feedback, no, I don't want to rate my experience in security at Heathrow Terminal 5, there is almost no specific feedback that helps us improve. Not long ago I got an email from a man who'd been in the audience of a speech I'd just given. You really need to sort that hair reading glasses challenge, he wrote. Every time you put your reading glasses on, your hair falls over your left eye and you then keep having to flick it out of the way. It looks most amusing but must be awkward. As a regular presenter, I always like to get feedback. Hope you don't mind me pointing it out. I did mind his pointing it out. Unlike him, I never like to get feedback unless it's entirely positive. And in any case, how dare he? I never asked for his views. Yet his words struck home. It was not nice to think the audience's merriment to be mainly on account of my hair. So for the next few speeches, I printed out my notes in 24 points so I could read them without glasses, and have now cut my hair short so that there's no further danger of flicking. On reflection, this man's advice was close to perfection. It was direct, but not rude. It was clear about what was wrong, which was something fixable. It came from a disinterested source and was delivered by email, so saved my blushes. Last week, another piece of unsolicited feedback landed in my inbox. This time, it was from someone who was thanking me for talking at a conference he'd organised. After a gracious start, the email finished like this. I always try to end with a tip for improvement. It was a little complicated to get in touch, confirm your travel plans and do arrangements, so can I suggest you get an assistant? This was also good in that it was clear, only rather harder to fix than the hair, as assistants don't come cheap. Still, it told me that my habit of ignoring admin emails was not on. 
I've heeded the point and will try to sharpen up. The test of unsolicited feedback is not whether it's rude or unwelcome, but whether it serves the greater good. I no longer flick my hair and am committed to replying more promptly, so the world is a happier place. Soon after my lunch with Mr Hiscox, I was sat at a dinner next to a well-known snooty broadcaster. Throughout the meal, I tried hard to be agreeable. He sat there taciturn, looking catatonic and mildly incredulous as I plied him with question and anecdote. At the end of the evening, I longed to offer him a report card, but bottled. I've regretted it ever since. I bet if I had explained his poor performance, he would have been at first shocked and then mortified. I dare say he would have liked me even less, but might have tried harder in future. Next time, I'm going for it. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.